Yo, so welcome back. Welcome back. This is part two of Get Out Your Feelings. The fuck out your feelings. And we covered a lot on this last part, man. A very deep conversation mm. about being attracted to people that are just not all the way there. Emotionally. Hey, man, it's a real thing. But look, we're glad y'all came back. Part two is going to be even better. We got even more, more to unpack. So, man, y'all stay tuned. Please, please, please don't forget to rate. Yeah, just to let people know where Susan left off. If you forgot, but you need to go back and listen to part one. But <laughs> Susan left off talking about being intimate with somebody who is emotionally unavailable and how that has worked out for her up to this point. Hey, sometimes it's for you, sometimes it ain't. Hey, we're going to figure it out this part too. Y'all stay tuned. But what I experience is a lot of men are confused by that. Mm. And they don't know how to. They don't know how to uh, digest that. We don't. So it's not, it's not common. It's so not I common. get a lot of the. What are we doing? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. I want to be your man. Okay. Why am I not your man? Are you sleeping with other people? And then it turns into insecurity, yes. which is so you're sleeping with other people. Is that happening? Is that happening? I don't know. Is it happening? And it's even even if I say it's not happening, I'm not actually sleeping with they other people. They don't believe you. They don't believe me. So that's why I'm asked that question. Um, <laughs> I mean, because the truth is, people believe what they want to believe. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter what you what comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. People believe what they want to believe. Of course. It's so, just it's it's just interesting because um, number one, like I said before, I have not ran into a woman who is not emotionally unavailable, but um i guess in your situation like what is the root of uh, emotionally available i've actually asked myself the question almost uh, uh multiple times and i actually don't i haven't quite figured it out um i've been exploring this idea of codependent relationships what does that mean it means that Uh (laughs) we're getting into the juicy shit right now it means that you know people in codependent relationships generally it starts in childhood right where Mm -hmm. you either have a parent who's an addict or relies on you in a in a way that is unusual um, or you have a parent who is the exact opposite, who is completely unemotional, mm. emotionally unavailable, and so you sort of take that on. Yeah, I think maybe for me it might have been that. Um, it might have been a little bit of both. My mm-hmm. mother is an immigrant, and so she relied on me heavily for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. She didn't understand, you know, she didn't speak English, she didn't read English, so mm-hmm. it was like I had to be a parent in a lot of ways to my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that actually was very hard for me and my sister for several years. My sister and I couldn't talk for years mm-hmm. because I treated her more like a daughter than I treated her like a sister. Mm-hmm. And um, and at the same time, that was just the role that I took on in that mm-hmm. part of my family. At the same time, my father is the type of person who doesn't believe in unconditional love. He does not believe in unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so a hard I, concept to believe. Right. Yeah, so it is. So for a lot of black people... That is not. That's not. That's just a consistent. black people thing. I mean, look, I think I think it white is a people, people fall in love in a week. Okay. I, I do think it's a people of color I feel thing. Like, I feel like white people like cheat though. Still, like, they 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 say they love somebody up and down, and then yeah, they yeah. But that's not the that's not the that's not the language that they communicate to their children. Unconditional, right? You know? Okay. So for me, I always felt like I had to, and also for immigrant children, I think we also we always feel like we have to work for our parents' love. To work for love, work for love. Mm. I associate love with work. 
Mm-hmm. If I love you, I'm gonna do acts of service. I'm gonna work mm-hmm. okay, for love this language. love. Oh, I'm gonna do things in order language. to get your love. Yeah, but that's also part of the reason that I don't like people in my space. It's part of the reason I don't like living with people. Because if I have someone in my space twenty four seven, I am constantly serving and servicing that person. I don't have any time for me, and so now I'm resenting you because I can't stop. See, my this, see, I think I mean what, what I see what you're getting at, but I think that it's just more so of a feeling that you need to go above and beyond for somebody that you, that sees you on an everyday basis. Absolutely. I don't think you necessarily need to do it. It's just like I finding do. finding the person where it's just like you can say like, all right, I can just chill around this person. I can just be myself. I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be doing that for this person. Right. So it's just like finding the person that's kind of like can ba- balance you out. Because it seems like with the last situation, it was just kind of like you felt like you were just checking. It was a checkbox. So going back to the point that I was originally making with respect to um, the fact that I don't think it's that common for women to be emotionally unavailable. Part of the reason I feel like that is because I've had friends, female friends who have known me for, you know, 10 years who missed that whole part of my life previous to that, who say to me all the time, when I tell them what my preference in relationships is, that like I prefer to just be friends with someone, enjoy them sexually if, if I'm attracted to that person. And a lot of times it really is just a one-on-one sexual relationship with a guy, but, but that's more out of safety than anything else. Of course. I'm just being mm-hmm. practical, right? Because we New live York. In, hey. We live in a modern age. There's a lot of stuff. I just don't real, ever want to have that. STD is on a my, real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. And I just never want to have that on my conscience. And I also never want to have to wonder or worry about that kind of thing. Mm, right? Okay. So I'm very like conscious about my health because I value my life. You know? But at the same time, that doesn't mean that I want to get married. doesn't mean I want to be in a relationship with someone. It's like that kind of thing. So in thinking about like what would the ideal relationship for me be? It would probably be with someone who is also emotionally unavailable in the way that I am. Wow. Right? Okay. Mm. So both of y'all just un- emotionally unavailable? Is that what I'm hearing? In a way, right? Because from in the same way that I am, if the person that I'm with views intimacy the same way that I view intimacy, and we're both uncomfortable with ha- with being intimate in a certain way, then I can ideally that would work for me. But Susan, I, right. I don't think that's emotionally unavailable. I gotta, I gotta disagree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, like I'm right. saying. So, and, and you are not alone. That's what I'm saying. All my female friends feel exactly the same way. So go, it, go for it. It's just that if if you're with somebody else that uh, that's emotionally unavailable, you're not pushing yourself out your comfort zone. You're still content with whatever like comes to you. In that sense, like it's just because that person can meet you there does not mean it's okay for you. Mm. Like I feel like in a relationship, in a marriage, you want somebody that can continuously push you out your comfort zone. So, with you wanting somebody who is the same as you and can only meet you like there and like be con- that's being content, in my opinion. So let me ask you two questions. The first question is, push me out my comfort zone. In what way? Because emotionally. That's what we're talking about. So emotionally. emotionally. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if the second question is as relevant, but let me say something very quickly. I am a big believer recently, actually, ever since I got out of my marriage, you know, part of what made 
I what I did wrong in my marriage, I believe, is that I kept trying to change the person I was with. Yes. Uh-oh. Right? No, this is going. Right? Mm-hmm. And okay. And what happens when we try to change the people that we are with? It doesn't happen. Mm-mm. It doesn't work. Yeah. Right? So push, to me, sounds very much akin to change. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that we have to be careful with how... With what we're saying, because words mean things, right? So if we're saying it's one thing for someone to push me, right? It's mm. Push me towards my goals, push me towards my ambitions, push me to expand my thinking around things versus push me to, to, to put myself in a situation that I've already discovered um, doesn't work for me. I agree. And I'm not saying you need to fix anybody. Like I'm never into projects. I'm not saying that you need to right. be in the projects. What I'm saying is that you want somebody. Like I think that from from my understanding of what relationships is, it's a lot of compromise and that goes along with it. And that's because Thank you're with you. somebody who is opposite of you. So I'm not saying that you're trying to change somebody, but you're with somebody who you connect enough with to order to say like. I can spend the rest of my life with this person. But at the same time, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person because they challenge me on so many different things, but we're still happy in being together. Like, I don't have to fix this person, but they still make me happy. I know that I can build a family with this person. I know that this person is going to push me out my, not push, but make me feel comfortable stepping out of my comfort zone in every way. Okay, so let's talk about that, all right? So there's a couple of words that you said that are interesting. The first word is fixing, right? This idea of fixing someone, right? Yeah. So so the idea is that someone who's emotionally unavailable requires some level of fixing. Right? I don't know. Like I don't think like the person that's emotionally unavailable, I don't think they require fixing. It's just meeting it's it's more so meeting your match. No, no, you yeah. Y'all don't understand. Emotional unavailability is a bad thing in itself. Why? Let's go ahead and say that. Why? Because because it's, it's just like the, you have the you words have, because you're bad. comfortable. Is it, is it bad or is it self awareness? No, it's not. It's not because but, because there, because maybe it's just and the for me what I am what I am coming to the conclusion of is I'm socially unavailable because there are parts of my life. I just don't want to share. Socially is okay. Think, and I don't think that that's, I don't think it's wrong to feel like I never want to live with someone. But Susan, again. you're talking about a relationship right now. And, and you said earlier, you say, I'm emotionally but unavailable. I want a person. Why does require, why does having a relationship with someone require living with them day in and day out for the rest of my life? Look. Why can't having a relationship with someone just mean sharing moments and companionship with someone to the extent that I'm not compromising on my values. Because like it's just that like I just said, like a relationship is filled with compromises, but it's just about finding a right person that can kind of meet you in the middle. Like it's not about like defining this perfect person to where in my opinion it's not nobody's perfect. Nobody's gonna So it's just that when you meet this person, like yes, they're going to 
like do sh- do shit that like makes you upset but it's just that because of who they are and how they've kind of like how you all have what you all have built you're the foundation willing, that you built willing and you're to. willing to take that risk with that person you're willing to do those that things. is mm-hmm. like what a relationship is at its core in my opinion and, and you said you said i'm emotionally unavailable this is what you said your yeah. you said it'd be so simple i just need it i'm emotionally unavailable so i just want to be with somebody that's emotionally unavailable yeah, in that, the way that I am. But that is an emotion in itself. The fact that they are attracted to you is an emotion in itself. Like, two emotionally unavailable people... <laughs> I cannot say that word to save my life. Two emotionally unavailable people being just attracted to each other is an emotion in itself. Like... You, I doubt it. Like, it is an emotion in itself. So you can't, like... It's just those are, like, oxymorons. They just don't belong to each other. Like, even if that person is the same love language or... They, they think the same way you do. They love the same way you do. You're They're still dead. attracted to you. Like, that connection is still there. So that is an emotion. So the question is, then do we now conform to traditional societal beliefs? on no, 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 no. Our relationship to look? Or should we carry our relationship on in a way that is tailored to fit our needs no. and our desires? See, so this is where... That sounds complicated. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm, it's I'm glad, all I'm about glad. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I'm a true believer in that everybody writes their own fairy tale. And I think my whole thing is just that I just don't want in writing that fairy tale, I don't want a person to be content with what with what they have. So I don't even like that word. What so, you, okay, what okay, so let's talk about that. Why don't you want a person to be content with what they because have? Because at the at the end of the day, like you can reach a point to a person to where like they've taught you so much and they've learned so much from you. But at the same time, like, it hasn't, like, it's not that, you already know, like, it's not that person that you're supposed to be with. Why not? Because, like, you're content. Like, it's just like, I might as well. Like, I might as well be with this person because we got here. No, you're you're mixing content with complacency. Yeah, I I did Mm -hmm. see that, too. I did Mm -hmm. see that, too. Thank you. I was about to say that, too. But I feel like, first of all, content, you should never, ever be content. But I also believe you should never be content. Never. You should never be happy. That's not. You should that's never not be the happy. same thing. Content. Content is, is not happy. No, no. Content is happy until. Dot 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 dot. Content is just okay. I'm here. Fuck. I don't want to go. I mean, low. are we all? I don't want to go above. Until? Look, look. I'm making a hundred k right now. This girl's beautiful. She's everything. Uh, do I really like her? Uh, she's okay. I, I don't know. But I, my parents <laughs> like her. My friends like her. She she's uh, she can mingle in every crowd that I'm in. She can go to them business meetings that I'm in. What am I thinking? Messing this up. You know, like you're just content. Like you're like, I'm not going below or above this point. Like where I'm at right now is okay. That is not the same thing as truly like finding that soulmate, truly being in love with somebody. Like you should never just be content because you feel safe because it feels good in the moment. The thing is, is like different people and, and what I've noticed in just my whole little spill, like I was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've talked about this before. Happy. I was in a relationship. This girl was great. She was awesome. We, we connected. She could be around like my family. I could be around her family. We talked. We laughed. We had great sex. We did all the great things that great couples are supposed to do. I felt like this was probably like, this is it. But then at the same time, in the back of my mind, I was like, damn, like, I like this girl, but is this really who I like genuinely 100% want to be with for the rest of my life? It was that like that little tiny feeling I had in the back of my mind. 
And that little tiny feeling over time, the more time went on, it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to where I was like, damn, like, I'm 25 years old as of January 14th. Thank you. This recent birthday. Um, Congrats. As of, as of that time, I just realized, like, why am I settling right now? Like, this is great right now, but I don't have to settle for this because I know my value. I know what I bring to the table. So let me. So was she not bringing something to the table? It was something missing, clearly. It was something missing. So, I, I mean, something and missing. I can just kind of echo something that. Like, missing. It's just that when it comes to relationships, like, you got to understand, like, I used to look at relationships as death and set death mm-hmm. sentences in that, like, I have Which to be most men do, by the, the way. rest of my it's life. I'll let you know. So, it's just like, when as I've gotten older, it's just like, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm going to take everything I can from this relationship. And if it doesn't last... Then I can apply it to the next Yo, that's a real man man moment right there. That's hard to say. Yeah. And that's very vulnerable because a lot of people are gonna shit on you for that. I don't give a but fuck. but <laughs> at the end of the day, that's very true. That. And a lot of men think that way. It's like this is a great relationship. What can I what can I gain from this? Like what can I how can I grow from this? Mm-hmm. How can she help me improve? How can I become a better person from this? And that's very shitty to think that way. So it's why just, is it shitty to think that way? It's not. It, I, I personally don't think it's shitty to think that way because it's just like every person that you're in a relationship is not going to be with forever. Like if that was the case, I, I would still be my but, girlfriend from high school. But it's a person. So. It's a person. You can't just. Like, but I think I think it's important to communicate that though, right? Because you can't communicate I think, that. Uh, but no, <laughs> I think it is important to communicate that. And in fact. I try to communicate that with the people I'm with that like this it. isn't forever. Yeah, this is not going. Wait, to so be you forever. but you but you, you keep it. Wait, 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 wait. So when do you it's at what point? Story. At what point do you tell them like yo, this isn't forever? Well, are usually around oh. the point when they ask, "What are we? What are we doing? What is that's, this? That's do you do you, like six, do you give like one of them answers like this, in? or do you give the straight black and white, or you get some gray? I give a little gray because I think that a lot of people. Gray is wrong. I know. I think. I think. I don't know. Like gray is wrong. Gray is how I communicate. Right? Gray is how you keep it going because so, you want it to. Keep absolutely, going. but that's how people operate. People operate in their best. One hundred percent agree. So I will say, I don't think this is forever. Not that I don't think this is forever, but like, why can't we just enjoy the moment as it is? I love those answers. Right. Because I've given like, them many. Because times. I think that too often we either live in the future or we live in the past. And not enough of us are living in the present, right? And I think particularly for women, and that's why I think it's so important to have this conversation, for women, I think it's important to understand that men oftentimes go into relationships thinking, what can I gain from this relationship? Also, this relationship probably won't last forever. Whereas women go into, not every relationship, but a lot of women go into relationships thinking, this could be the one. Yo, that's And that is so a mindset real. that so really, real. It's, it's, really needs to change. It's unhealthy. So no, real. it's crazy because I was talking to a woman about this last night. And I was just like, a lot of men just go into a relationship like, let's see where this goes. And I feel like women are able to adapt to what a man might want or yeah. might yeah. need. Instead that's of what, like we, just being that's what women weave been taught to do y'all literally do that we've been i don't know if it's a society thing it's natural like let me adapt to what this dude it might be a little bit of both but at the end of the day that's the reality and Mm -hmm. it's an unfortunate one that women cannot i think women take a lot longer and find it a lot harder to find themselves as individuals in relationships and that's why 
going back to the alpha female thing, it has been so important for me to be able to assert myself and assert my freedom in my relationships, mm-hmm. which is why, again, I ended up, not that I ended up, but that I am, to a certain extent, unavailable to having relationships with men in the way that men perceive relationships ought to be. You know what? Um, I, I actually, I looked this up because I was I was very interested. And when you said emotional unavailability, that really stuck to me because I was like, damn, I think of a lot of stuff all day. I didn't think of this. And when I heard it, I was actually even talking to my brother before we just started recording. Mm-hmm. And wow, like this can be taken so many different ways, so many angles, so much gray. And they're more gray than black and white, mm-hmm. to be honest. So I actually looked up some of the ways that you can tell a woman is unavailable, emotionally unavailable, Ooh. in the way a man is emotionally unavailable. Talk to me. So let me let me talk about the men first. Go for it. It's main man podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing, um, apparently, according to Google, I don't know who wrote this, but um, the, the, the number one way you can tell, or just number one out of ten, these are not in a specific order, is like flirting with flattery. What does that mean? So a guy that's just like too flirtatious, too flattering, like he's just too Prince Charming mm-hmm. on the first day. Like everything is right, everything is good, the energy is good. That could be a sign of emotional unavailability. What if he's just charming? No, like, but but if a guy's too like like you got damn, I had a great date. Like he was just hitting on A, B, C, and D. Like everything was great. This guy's probably done that before. This guy's probably doing some rehearsed shit. Like, it probably works, so he's doing it. I've done some rehearsed shit, yeah. And you're a guy, so it's okay. <laughs> I've done some rehearsed shit. Con- control. <laughs> the truth comes out. Number, number two is control. Mm-hmm. The guy just is very controlling. Like, he has to control the situation. He likes to just be in charge of everything that's going on. Like like you said, the remote situation. Mm-hmm. I want to hold the remote. You can watch what you want to watch, but I'll change the channel. Like, right. let, me be the, let me make the moves. Uh, disclosure... Mm, he discloses like I guess when you're on a date uh, he kind of like if you just it's listen a, to what he's talking about yeah it's a limited okay. amount of information that he probably discloses and it's usually a pattern oh, and then he probably also says things like that are sort of like I call it the hand up like the arm's length hand like mm-hmm. he probably says things that create distance mm-hmm. but in a way that's so charming that wow. you kind of ignore it mm-hmm. very true mm-hmm. very true uh, the past and this is a man or woman. This is just men. Okay. For number four, it's the past. So listen, like ask them. You gotta ask these questions. Like, mm-hmm. what's your like what's your past relationships been like? Like, they usually tell you through their past relationships what it's been like, why it probably ended. It's probably because of them. And they probably don't even realize that. But when you hear certain things, then you will know. Yeah. Like, um, what's an example, Brian? Um As far as the past? Yeah, like a past. Yeah, like I think that when I first got out of my last relationship, I was trying to wife up everybody. It was different. Like I was telling them all about the like last relationship. And he was ex, on a date telling I them. I was on. I was on like first dates, like talking yeah, about telling this shit. Them that. Mm-hmm. Like I felt. Science. I felt. I felt damaged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt and, damaged. And, and, and they listen to this and they hear this and they just sometimes overlook. Like, oh, you sweet baby, let me let me heal you. And then <laughs> you're per- sweet perfection seekers. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. They're yes. perfectionists. Like they just 100%. everything has to be perfect. I know I'm not providing a lot of context on that. Which is probably why I don't like for you to see me when I'm brushing my teeth. Mm. You have to know my teeth are just always clean. Hey. Perfection seekers. I wake up with clean teeth. I wake up like this. 
Hey, hey, exactly. That's the mindset that they have. Like yeah. it's just like everything. When I first when I wake up. Hey, it's a natural thing. No, I don't want you to know that though. Do you see what I'm saying? Anger. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's, some, it's gonna be some morning sex where mm-hmm. your breath is gonna be nasty. I we're not gonna get into that topic. <laughs> Like we just gonna power through. Like what you mean? Look, I'm just kitchen The dragon breath situation. All right, this crest right in that bathroom. I try to apply. I, do. I don't. A, a nice healthy battle on mouthwash. All right. So anger is also a thing. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, they get angry. Um, How many points is it for this? Year? Yeah, I'm just going. It's a lot. It's Ten. Ten. Okay. Yeah. Ten. Also, another thing is arrogance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a guy is just too pompous. He's talking about all this, and that's probably overcompensating for some things. He probably is, uh, you know, controlling a little bit. Um, nobody likes an arrogant guy that's really just cocky. It, it's kind of a some some women like arrogant men. Mm-hmm. Some guys, some women do like arrogant women. I mean, mm-hmm. arrogant men. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but but apparently that's a sign that you can tell a man's not emotionally available. And it makes sense now that you think about it. Man, I can have anybody I wanted to, but I'm here with you type thing, so you better make sure this, you know what I mean? I would never say no shit like Um, that. I've known a few guys to say. Lateness. Mm -hmm. But guys continuously late. That's just like a thing that he does. He's always late for everything. You go on a date, he's late. You want to eat her for lunch, he's late. Come to meet your mama, he's late. She get mad, it's a whole spill. Mm -hmm. So, invasiveness or evasiveness? You ask him questions, he kind of evades those, gives you the answers that sound really great, but don't really answer the question that you asked him. I used to be that guy. They don't really answer the question that you asked him. Number so one, you, wait, wait, can we, can we stop right there? Like, yeah. I feel like women ask a lot of questions through text, and I feel like men only answer probably one of those questions. So, like, how about we make an agreement today that women do not ask multiple questions through text. We can't answer that many questions Man, through text. You don't have I, can't, I can't do that on behalf of all women. What I will say is that for any women listening, <laughs> the, your best bet as someone who is emotionally unavailable, um, if you want a straight answer, you have to ask a straight question. And you, you're better off doing it in person, looking them in the eye, and asking one question but, at a time. And that's actually a legal ta- tactic. Like, when you're cross-examining someone, yeah. you ask them one question at a time. You never ask more than one question at a time. So you're a lawyer. So I would, if you were dating you, it'd be a lot tougher than a regular situation. She's probably asking all the hard questions. <laughs> like, I'm drunk. I don't even know how to answer. I'm just nah, giving you some. When you're drunk, that's when you tell the truth. <laughs> the last thing is uh, seduction. They're always, they're very quick to try to move forward with getting you into bed. Now, I want to be very, very careful with this because this is the thinnest of thin ice because I can fall through real quick. Seduction, (laughs) seduction, like, I don't want people to confuse this, but like sleeping with somebody on the first date is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I know in the past I've struggled and I've, asked you know and I've, I've talked about my experiences but sedu- sleeping with somebody on the first day is not a bad thing but when somebody is too seductive apparently according to google mm-hmm. and they just they talk about sex really quick it's just like yo yo we should have like charming prince charming they get you in the bed really quick y'all having continuous sex it's mm-hmm. very quick nothing takes time nothing is earned everything is given if you wait too long like chicks think you corny though what you mean like i feel like if you're not charming enough. Well, yeah, but too, but being charming enough and then being too charming is a different thing. There are also things you can do in the in the meantime. Right? Yeah. You don't have to rush straight to 
intercourse, but you can definitely... But it makes sense. Mm-hmm. They want to have sex with you really quickly, so they can kind of just be like, all right. But I think a lot of people want to have sex with you. I don't know. They do. <laughs> Everybody wants that. They do. I ain't trying they to They do, but uh, hey. This who, is all about the way first you go. Of all, that's, but that's Google. That's who wrote Google this? Was, yeah, who yeah, wrote this? Who wrote, who wrote it? Who wrote it? It's the internet. What can we yeah. really believe? Nothing. And now, this is the section with the women. This is you, Susan. This is what I'm talking about. This is, <laughs> this is who Google's talking about. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, apparently, um, one way that women can tell, like, if you're not emotionally unavailable is uh, non-interested in getting to know you. Like, they never ask you, how are you just, how are you doing? Like, what's going on in your world? Like, Yo, that's cool. That's crazy. I actually feel like that's more relevant with men. <laughs> I experience that with men all the time. It's funny. Like, I'll have com- whole conversations with men and they'll never, I'll be like, how's it going? How's your day going? What's going on with you? Oh, and then I'll and then I'll dig deep. They'll say something and I'll dig deep and I'll ask more and more questions. Yeah. And then they'll just not ask me at Susan any point in the conversation. Because she got all hey, the opposite of women. I feel like that happens, like that happens more with women. Number two, the number two is um they're very casual about relationships. They're not really just like, oh, man, you don't be in a relationship. They're just like, hey, man, look, we're living life, okay? Yeah. We're, we're 20-something. What are you rushing into? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just using it like yeah. they're not looking for any level of commitment. They're not asking for you to look for any level of commitment. They're like, look, this is the moment. Let's live in it. Let's be great. I see you on a Saturday and then not for the rest of the week. Hey, we had a great Saturday. Yeah. We had a great We had a great Saturday. Great Saturday. We had a great Saturday. Were you were you mad at that Saturday? No, you weren't. If All I right, see you again so. randomly on the Tuesday, whatever <laughs> week that's not planned and that you don't expect, then hey, it's fine. Yeah. Because they're not pressing the relationship anyway. She's probably not she's probably unavailable. Emotionally unavailable. Another way is um oh She's and this is ten ways you can tell she's playing. Shout out to that chick. Thank you. Um, <laughs> she's only available when she wants to be. She's only available when she wants to be. Right? You know Fashion. what we're talking about. So she but lets then, you know when she's Okay, free. go ahead. I'm gonna let you guys because every single can I just make a point? Every single thing you said thus far from an out from a male perspective and now from a female perspective feeds into the characteristics of what are considered an alpha male and an alpha female. Okay. But continue. No, hey, but I just want to ask you, is it true? If she yes. if she only Oh, okay. That's a so we need to really talk about it. I've been through that already. This year. No, Brian has been through everything, y'all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um she's attention seeking, which I can hundred percent agree with. She always need attention from somebody else other than you. She's always needing attention in general. Like, she always needs some of your time or some anything type shit. Like, I, I can agree with that. Oh, yeah, it was a chick. She was like, yo, go comment on, under my pictures. Yo, like, when a girl tells you that. I think that's a millennial thing. Oh, is that I'm a millennial thing? millennial, so, like, I but don't do know you, that I experienced Do you that. constantly feel like you need attention? Like, if a guy just, like, doesn't talk to you for a few days, are you cool? Like, do you need somebody to comment on your, you need a certain number of likes Valentine, on your Instagram photos? No. Do you need? <laughs> if you see my Instagram, first of all, my Instagram, I'm not that, I'm just, I'm not a millennial in that okay. kind of way. Hey, hey, yeah. look, this is cool. I'm a cusp, I'm a little older than you. This I'm is quite old. I'm almost a dick. Hey, 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 Susan. Oh, hey, 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 season. Season. Not older. Then you. See, we got to use the words. I'm not, okay? mad. I'm not mad at my. You got to be mad. It's, it's, just, it's just a certain terminology we use on this podcast. I have, season. for number five, I have no commitment. Uh, I wish I had the definition for this, but if I had to guess, I would just say it was kind of like what the men were talking about. It's just like 
no means of commitment. It's just like we're having fun. Yeah. Like don't Living read too deep into it. And you every time they ask you like certain shit. Oh. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like like three of the women that I've started to talk to this year, like I told them like like I felt like it wasn't really a connection now, and I just had to address them straight up. Like, listen, like I don't know, like you, what you feeling, or like how you feel about like what we doing right now. Like, we've been on three dates, and I have probably been kissed you like probably once. So it's just like, what are you feeling? Like, what are we doing? And they just told me straight up, like you know, like you're just a friend. And I was just like, thank you for telling me that. Wow, I really appreciate. Is that, that. is it as simple as that? I think it can be. It can be like if the woman is able to be transparent in that yeah. situation, okay. but. It's real. Like, I, I appreciate that a lot more than just, like, leading me on as far as, like, wasting my money on you. For sure. Wasting my For time sure. with you. I, I'm starting to think that these are written by men. Yeah, you it sounds about the same. Yeah, because this next one, it says she is dominant. I mean, again, this all goes back to that whole alpha female thing. <laughs> she's dominant. Like, dominant. apparently, if she's too dominant. And then the last reason that I have is um her career is more important to her than you. Susan, I'm, I'm actually curious, like, how do you feel about what I've just been saying? I know you said the alpha female and everything, mm-hmm. but, like, even with that being said, like, it's alpha well, female, but it's that. Well, there's a reason I, I brought up the whole alpha female, alpha male thing. Mm-hmm. I think because in the past, you know, we've expected that type of behavior from men mm-hmm. in relationships, right? We were, the society is used to that behavior from yep. men. Mm-hmm. But we are in a space now where we're in this weird, messy middle, Right particularly people of color because we're in a space where there are more women of color than there are men of color available for those women i think that we're that's always been the case but we are also at a point historically where women now have better jobs better financial security better uh professional mobility than they have ever had before as well and and also more access to education i agree but i feel like that's always been the case at the same time that is not i don't know in in the sense that like and i let me take a step back when i what i say about that is just like i feel like women always have their shit together faster than a man that's so true they might always have their shit together but but actual real life access to professional mobility mm. education that's true yeah uh, higher education I see where you're going. Yeah. and um and financial security the that's all a little bit more recent mm-hmm. right so and also think about just in terms of being able to freeze eggs now like egg freezing is a whole new world that is becoming more accessible to people to women and particularly women of color, right? So now we don't even have the same constraints with respect to, uh, I know I keep looking at the thing. Uh, we don't even have the same restraints with respect to having children that we had before where mm-hmm. our time mm-hmm. limit has now been altered. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily have to settle as quickly. We have a little bit more time. We have more money. Mm-hmm. We have better education. Mm-hmm. We have more financial security. Mm-hmm. We're buying homes at much higher rates than Absolutely. our counterparts. Absolutely. And so and so the idea of the alpha female is really transforming, particularly with women of color. And and because that idea and because that idea, the identity of women of color is changing, how how men and women interact is changing. 
mm-hmm. and men are not sure how to deal with this new terrain. So I almost sometimes think that the idea of emotional unavailability is a misnomer with respect to men and with respect to women, mm-hmm. because it's not about being emotionally unavailable across the board. It's about being emotionally unavailable in this moment mm-hmm. with you. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, oh, you sound so sad right now. No, I don't sound sad. It's just <laughs> like, I think we're just definitely in a different era to where, um, you know, like I haven't come across a emotionally unavailable woman. And for you to sit sit up here and say that you're an unemotional, but you are an emotionally unavailable man. You've I'm admitted not, to that. You've admitted to being that in the past, right? I was. Yeah. And and are you in a relationship right now? No. Okay, so you don't actually know if you're an emotionally unavailable man right now, right? Because emotional unavailability is circumstantial. Emotional unavailability really depends on more than one person to a certain extent, because you really don't know your status until you're in relation to someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. So so until you're into the in that next relationship, you don't actually really know whether or not you're emotionally unavailable. But the truth is. So I say all this to say that, you know, with respect to men being emotionally unavailable, I think women need to take it less personally and really acknowledge that at at the end of the day, when it comes to emotional unavailability, it's really not about you. And I think for a lot of alpha women, that's a hard concept, right? Because people who have alpha traits tend to be very goal-oriented, very task-oriented. Um, and it's hard for some... And challenge-oriented, too. Like, we like to overcome challenges. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that we meet someone who, who like, sparks a fire in us and, and become a, a challenge for us, we're like, mm-hmm. I'm up for it. Yeah, I'm up that, for it. I want that challenge. I want this challenge. I can mm-hmm. do it. And and then when you can't, it's a huge disappointment. But the really, it's emotional unavailability is not about you. It's about the person undergoing the situation, and um, and it could stem from something that has that has been in the works for you know decades and has nothing to do with you. True. Um, and so I really want women in particular to take it less personally. As a woman who is emotionally unavailable and and apparently a rarity, I want women to take it less personally because I also think that the professional, social, financial gains that women of color have experienced over the last couple of decades are really putting us in a position to um, create and tailor societal norms that don't currently exist mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And we need gym. to recognize this you as an opportunity. You gotta drop the gym. I think we need to recognize this as an opportunity. There are just not enough men of color for every woman of color. Every There's not enough black men available for every black woman in this country. I want to ask you so many more questions. I swear. <laughs> but we've been, we've been on this thing. We've been. We. I know. I'm sorry. This has been. Okay. No, and, and no. But I really appreciate it. the last question I have for you, and I promise you're gonna end this. And please just give me like a real quick spill on this. Mm-hmm. And we asked this before: Do women need or do they want men? Mm. <sighs> That's a bar. Mm. I struggle with this. Uh-oh. I'll be honest. I knew she was gonna give me a different answer. Let me see. <laughs> 
no, I struggle with this. I, um, and I, the reason I struggle with this is because it snowed recently here in New York City. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. We know what that means. It's still cupping season. Hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> it snowed recently. And so, yeah, there's two levels to that, right? On the one hand, it's like, what's better than a snow day with your boo? Hey. Cuddled up, you boo. know, in the bed under the blankets. I don't have a boo, but, you know, if I did, that would be fantastic. And you still know the feeling. Right? I know what that feels like, yes, right? Yes, ma'am, you do. And at the same time, um, I'm a homeowner and I'm a landlord. I own a three-unit building in near in Brooklyn. So the idea that I come home at 9.30 at night after a long day at work and I got to shovel snow, you know? And I actually had a guest at my house. I had someone staying at my house from out of town because... Um, my house is that house, you know, when someone's coming in from out of town. If I have a friend and they need a place to stay, they got a There's always a couch available, right? And so, and so my friend, um, at some point, I guess my friend was taking a nap. And at some point, I guess he heard me come in and then go back out to start shoveling. And he looked out the window and he was like, and he calls me. I don't know why he decided to call. He's right there inside the house. But he calls me and he goes, do you want me to come out? And I'm like, I'm I'm already done. No, like what? Like, come out. Don't yeah. ask me. But the truth <laughs> is, come outside. But the truth is, I don't even want his help. This is not your house. Mm-mm. This is my house. That's true. That's also true. This is my house. But as a man, I don't want nobody but, shoveling my snow, especially a man, because that then gives a man the idea that he has some place in my life that he doesn't actually have. But, but love, you think it's too deep. You think it's too deep. I think, I, I think he just wanted to shovel. Yeah, yeah, like I think that a man no, no, no. Is physically more like, like first of first of all, yeah, in my opinion, I think that it was just like as a man, I think you should have just yeah. Like, that's put just on like your coat. I, feel like, I feel like as a man, you just, you just should have put on a coat. Like, listen, I'll hold this down for yeah, you. Yeah, like, like it's it's shoveling. It's it's just but shoveling. women do that all the time too, right? Like, haven't you ever had a woman who been like, like if you're sick, haven't you ever had a woman that you're not really that into, and she calls you, and she's like, oh my god, yes. you're sick. Yes. Can I? I I'll go. I'll oh make you some God, chicken noodle right, soup, yeah. and I'll come over and, and like. Haven't you ever been like, nah, nah, nah? I'm good. I'm good. Like, yeah. really, you don't have to. You don't have to do that because I don't like you that much for you to do that. That's true. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying, and that's the truth. And yeah. it's not that I don't like you. That's it's that I don't want you to believe that we have this relationship yeah. that's bigger than I what, knew what it you is. Saying. I know what you were saying. I that's saying. emotional unavailability. Mm, that's okay. what that is. Mm-hmm. And so we. And so that's you. Creating a boundary. That's what emotional unavailability is. Absolutely. And so that's why I'm saying I want women and men to take it less personally when someone creates those boundaries. Because it's not about you. It's about me. I am still working on me. I'm still working on identifying what my boundaries are and what makes Mm -hmm. me feel like and what and and trying to understand like what type of relationship I want to create for myself so that I feel like I'm comfortable in this. Could y'all feel the passion in that last little segment? <laughs> nah, nah, I, I get it. I get it. Like I think that you're at a point in time to where you're just um, emotionally unavailable to that. You know, you just want to make sure that you're figuring out. You're doing some self work on yourself. Like you're doing enough investment in yourself. But a lot of times you don't know it. You don't recognize it in the moment. No, you don't recognize it in the moment. But I think that it's just important to understand that, you know, like I'm just focusing on myself right now. So therefore, like I'm just like, I'll probably take it here with you. 
but other than that, you can't get nothing from me. Definitely. So I think acknowledge acknowledgement of that is important. Yeah. yeah, I think we need to stop looking at emotional unavailability as a bad thing and start it has, looking it at it. It has a negative connotation to it. It, it has it, a negative connotation to it, and I think we need to stop looking at emotional unavailability. Uh, I think we need to stop. That's looking, a hard word, right? I know. That's why I, I said <laughs> that earlier. I think we need to stop looking at emotional unavailability as a bad thing and start looking at it as a thing, mm. as something that is just what it is. Millennial thing. It is not going to change because you want it to change. Someone is not going to become emotionally available because you want them to become emotionally right. available. And it just is what it is. It is not a good thing. It is not a bad thing. It is just not the thing for you. So you that person is not the thing for you. And that is okay because there's going to be someone else who is the thing for you. Okay. But you need to recognize it and you need to um, get better at, I guess, it's hard to identify it, and I will acknowledge that. It mm-hmm. is hard to identify it, but once you are in a situation where you identify it, it is important to realize that it is not about you, it is not for you, and if that's not who you are, then you just need to move on. Yo, but it's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. I love it. I love it, and I appreciate the whole thing. This has probably been one of the best podcasts. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate your perspective on it. I really appreciate your perspective on it. This has been a very enlightening moment because as men, we, we it's man, man podcast, obviously we want to talk to a lot of millennial men, but we, there's nothing we can ever really do to hear from your side of the track. So I'm really glad we brought you on to be able to just okay. talk to us about this. Um, you're Obviously, you have a podcast. You've done a ton of different things. Been married as well, uh, <laughs> which is very big. Me and Brian are still figuring this thing out sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, have anything else, BA, that you want no, to talk I think, about? I think the way she, uh, Susan Chandler just summed up that last part mm-hmm. is just exactly what women, men needed. So I have nothing else to add to that. Okay. Well, it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> once again, this is Storm Batiste. And this is BA. And this is Made Men Podcast. Bringing you everything that we think every man should know, no matter if you're white, black. Standing a fact. These are the facts in everything that we think every man of the 21st century should know about savings, investing, dating, and everything else in between. If you like the episode, we love the rates. We love the listens, but it we like, also love the likes and the likes. But hey, Susan, you mentioned that you had a podcast to begin with some content that's going to be present, like being released pretty soon. You want to touch on that really quickly? Yeah, so check out the Gifted Sounds Network. That's giftedsoundsnetwork.com. Uh, the podcast is called Read Life, R-E-A-D-L-I-F-E. We have an Instagram and a Facebook. And basically, we bring you um, narratives written primarily by uh, writers of color, but they're stage plays, screenplays, and pilots that highlight protagonists that are people of color mm. and stories about people of you color. You want to drop your tag real quick? My tag? What's my tag? The Instagram tag. Oh. <laughs> she said, what's my tag? What's the tag? I again, don't like followers. <laughs> again, cusp millennial. And yes, my, I'm not great at this part. But um, you can find me on Instagram at Susan, S-U-Z-E-N underscore Baraka, B-A-R-A-K-A, underscore Adventures. Susan Baraka Adventures. That's a long tag. (laughs) It's a long tag. Mm -hmm. Just go to Read Life. (laughs) R-E-A-D-L-I-F-E. I appreciate that, man. I really, we we really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a a really insightful, really eye-opening episode. So I really appreciate that. Hey, but guess what? May Man gonna be back again. 
We're going to have some more interesting topics for y'all. Hey, happy Black History Month. We appreciate y'all coming out. Brian, is there anything else? I mean, BA, I'm sorry. Is there anything else you want to say? You know, like, just stay black. Goddamn it. Stay woke. <laughs> like, you know, like, I love my people. I'm all about my people. Like, black, I'm black and then black. I'm black, y'all. Goddamn it. Like, <laughs> Shit, man. A little like, last poet's reference yeah. right there. <laughs> there you go. Hey, man, we, we appreciate y'all listening. Man, y'all stay tuned.